Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer, and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring, like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great-looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection, and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Hi. Time for another episode of ridiculous romance yeah very excited to have you mm-hmm. very excited to be here i think i hope you're having a lovely lovely week yeah, absolutely lovely day lovely life if you're not having a lovely week i hope this episode perks things up for you mm-hmm. i hope we can uh beam our upbeat energy out into the world some yeah yeah and uplift and elevate the moods of others yeah it's basically the only power that comedy has so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it doesn't work on right. ourselves. So Yeah, sometimes we laugh, but... We laugh a lot. Oh, yeah, we laugh all the time. Yeah, yeah. At, at ourselves. But yeah. when someone else makes a joke, we're just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's Damn. Amy Poehler said that. It's just like oh, yeah. the only thing about being in comedy that sucks is that if someone else makes a joke that's really good, you you don't laugh anymore. You just go, <laughs> "Damn it, that's good." Yeah, and you're just jealous. <laughs> and I was like, "That's so true." <laughs> you just can't even enjoy. You're just like, "Damn, god damn it, you son of a bitch." You're I do so that. good. I do that to a degree, but it's not necessarily out of jealousy, but just like a objectivity. Sure. I, yeah. I, in fact, I had to kind of train myself to laugh more. And like for a while, I kind of forced laughing a little bit, not because I didn't think it was funny. I did. I just my natural inclination isn't generally to like LOL. Yeah. Like my, my, I don't have that sort of like reaction, even though in my mind and I would do this vocally, I would just sit there, you know, something would be hilarious. And I would just say that is fucking funny. Mm-hmm. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And that's my reaction. <laughs> you know, like I don't right. there was a window there in my 20s where it was just like, I don't really have the 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 reflex mm. uh, that strong of laughter st- stuff would get me for sure i mean there was times i couldn't control it and i'm laughing so hard but um but typically yeah maybe it was from all the like just month after month sketch comedy shows we were barreling through probably just years. thinking about why it's like, funny and why yeah. it i mean yeah that's what i think probably more accurate to the jealousy is uh-huh. is just that you're sitting there going i'm dissecting it uh-huh. and going oh that worked because this 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 and this and then also the way you were standing uh-huh. and like all the little things that you can't duplicate about somebody's humor you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. you're just noticing it a little you're being a little scientific about it because it's your job yeah and so you're really thinking just more seriously about comedy which is funny thing to say but yeah <laughs> that's true. there's just some things that like like you said, that the way you stand, the way you deliver it, there's some things a, a person can do a joke. I, I could retell uh, a, a Pat Oswalt joke, you know, word for word, try and mimic the expressions and intonations exactly, and it just won't be, won't be the, the same. same. For a quick period of time when I was in college, I seriously considered trying to study comedy academically. Like, I yeah. wanted to understand what makes us laugh. Right. And I remember like reading books about like, like the first recorded joke in human, in human history um, is a fart joke. Of course. of course. Makes sense. And it's like on the little margins of an illustrated manuscript. Like some right. monk was like bored and doodled a little <laughs> fart joke, which is so, uh, I, which I love. I think that's what made me be like, Ooh, I should study comedy because it's such a thread between a caveman and you and me sitting here today yeah. is that we all at some point laughed at something. You know what I mean? And we, fart, we have probably. that uh, and it's probably a fart. Yeah. And we have that that instinct right. to to entertain each other and fall and laugh and you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm trying to what's the first caveman that was like, "Oh, I could like I'll write a I'll paint a funny picture and yeah. everyone will laugh." Like anyway, and learning that like C and K K sounds are like the funniest sounds, which I don't know how they decided that, but they were like clown, comic, comedy, like all the all Cuckoo. the words, yeah, that have a, a K kind of sound in them yeah. are usually comedically bent or something. I don't know. It was just That's why weird shit like that. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs is the funniest cereal oh, slogan, but TBS very funny is not very funny. Not a where's single the, K sound. Where's the K sounds? That's my question. Yeah, or like, who was the first person to slip on a banana peel? <laughs> that first person who's like, wait, that was hilarious. That was funny. <laughs> what Do if I again. did it again? Yeah. <laughs> and then they did it again, and people were expecting it. It wasn't as funny, and they had to go, oh, there's something about yeah. 
you not knowing it's coming that right. that matters to the joke. And so the next time he puts a banana peel on the ground, he's walking towards it, and everyone's like, here comes the banana peel gag. And then from out of nowhere, somebody runs in with a cream pie, splat, and they're on the floor. And they're like, oh, oh my, God, my God, I did not expect that. The misdirect. Yes. That's the history of comedy. Thanks for joining us for the history of comedy. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a subject we like to ramble on for sure. Maybe one day we'll do that as a podcast. Mm. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we've had a great uh, little t- comedy talk this morning, mm-hmm. but obviously, of course, that's not what this podcast is. We got to talk about a ridiculous romance, and today, so right? None other than Hadrian and Antonis. This story was suggested by Piranha, so thank you so much, Piranha, for sending this in. Thank you, Piranha. Appreciate This was a very good suggestion. Um, And this couple is one of the most famous examples of homosexual love during the classical age. So, very important story. Yeah. And lots of twists and turns, obviously, because it's ancient Rome. They love their twists and turns. And they also love... Huge casts of characters and vast historical context that is necessary <laughs> to tell these stories. So naturally, this is a very big, a very rich, very, very Roman story in that sense. Uh, and Greek. And Greek. True. Very Greek because uh, Hadrian loved Greek culture. Obsessed. Totally obsessed. Um So what that means is that it's a very big story, and we had to break it in half. Uh, We do try to keep these romances as condensed as possible, but man, we don't want to skimp on the deets. No, we get into K-holes and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) we like cut so much stuff. You know us. There's so many interesting things. The first thing we ever said in episode one is you said, hi, we're married and we like to talk. That's so true. (laughs) I did say that. So you have been warned. Yes. (laughs) So anyway, two-parter coming at you, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a good one. Yeah. Dense, rich, velvety, delicious. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we should just dive in. What do you think? Hey, I'm ready. Let's do it. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Hadrian! That's <laughs> just constantly going through my head. It's true. <laughs> so Hadrian was born around the year 76 AD. 76. 76. That's it. Just 76. Just 76. No, ap- no apostrophe 76. That's it. He was born in Italica, which is in southern Spain today. Oh, Italica. Yeah, that's where um, everything kind of slants forward to the side, right? A lot of emphasis. Yeah. Given. <laughs> also innermost thoughts. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and titles. So all the titles come from the Italica. Titles come. <laughs> His father was of Praetorian rank, which meant he was either a commander of an army or a magistrate of some kind. Yeah. I only included that because I thought Praetorians were all warriors, but that's not true. Sometimes they were just government people. Okay. And his father's first cousin was Trajan, who is another senatorial-ranked gentleman born and raised in Italica. Okay. So when Hadrian's father and mother died when he was 10, Trajan became the guardian for Hadrian and his sister, and he moved into Trajan's house in the year 86. So you're going to move in with your cousin after your parents died. Uh, He's a big, important guy. Yeah. Okay. Also in Trajan's house was his wife, Pompeia Plotina, as well as Trajan's beloved older sister. And a few years after Hadrian moves in, 
her granddaughter, Vibia Sabina, would be born in this house. So they she would live there as well. So it's, it's kind a f- of a big household. Total big full mixed house. Mixed family, yeah. modern family household. Yeah, okay. <laughs> a big got, mixed family household. Oh, this is a super setup for a sitcom. I know, right? And we got like, the, the, the cousin who has to take in his younger cousins whose mm-hmm. parents have died. He already lives with his wife and his older sister. And then she has a granddaughter. Come live. Who's played him. by twins. Uh, you know. You got it, dude. <laughs> wow. Trajan had no children of his own. Sure. So scholars have suggested that he was primarily homosexual, uh, similarly to Hadrian, I guess. I would hope that there's other evidence I know, besides, besides him just not having kids. Yeah. There is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because in, ancient, in the ancient Roman Empire... It was very common for older men to have sexual relationships with young boys. Okay. It's a little... Not not the boys part, the young part. It's It's the the young part. That's the weird part. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, the gay part, no problem. The young part... They kind of got that from ancient Greeks. Uh That was a classic thing in ancient Greece as well. And it was considered a great way for a young boy to get like a mentor who was interested in their education and career. Man, tutors were expensive back then. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) And these relationships were not always sexual, it must be said. Okay. But they usually did have some kind of sexual element to them. Right. In fact, so Hadrian and Trajan had exactly this kind of arrangement going on for several years. Mm -hmm. It was not the only one. Trajan had several... Pupils. Several mentor mentees. Several uh, several mentees. Padawans. Yeah, many padawans. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, do you think that was going on with the Jedi? No, 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 no. They moved far. Past no, they that. weren't allowed to have. Yeah, they, they weren't allowed to. Have. Well, neither are priests. Well, there you go. You know, this is the problem with uh, religious. Maybe we need chastity. to do a bit of an investigation into the Jedi Council. Yikes! Look, I'm not. Let's not <laughs> anger that crowd. <laughs> True. Oh my God. Uh, Get right. canceled by the Star Wars fans. <laughs> so Hadrian and Trajan had this kind of thing going on. In the year 98, Trajan's predecessor, the Emperor Nerva, died and named Trajan as his heir. So this is a really interesting period in the Roman Empire because Nerva was the first of what they call the five good emperors who were all adoptive emperors who reigned over a prosperous and mostly peaceful Roman Empire and they were all popular with their subjects, so there weren't any like revolutions or rebellions that needed to be quashed. These were just cool dudes doing the right things, and they were all adopted. None of them were born into their position. Machiavelli wrote about them basically as an argument against hereditary rule. Nerva, Trajan, Hadrian, Antoninus, and Marcus Aurelius had all been selected by their predecessors because there were no children to inherit. And when Marcus Aurelius chose his son, Commodus, to lead, everything started to go to shit, like a commode. As we've all seen in the historical nonfiction documentary Gladiator, That's right. That's right. where an Australian actor played a Spaniard in ancient Rome with a British accent. Are you not entertained? If you're, Thumbs um, down. I will never not point that out about I that know. movie. Well, Sorry. apparently he did want to play it with a Spanish accent, but uh, <laughs> thankfully, Ridley Scott was like, don't. Yeah, because I... <laughs> Ridley Scott said, no, you can't use a Spanish accent, and Russell Crowe threw a phone at him, probably, so. All right. 
But yeah, so whether you were selecting your son or another politician to inherit the throne, um, it was pretty common to wait until you're either like real old or dying to pick somebody. Because okay. if you pick too early, it was kind of seen as like an abdication of your power. Oh, sure. Yeah. Of course, if you pick too late... You're dead. You can't pick it all. <laughs> and suddenly there's a lot of turmoil. So either way, too early, too late. You got to pick your moment really you just, like, carefully. Write it down and seal it up in an envelope and be like, if I die, can look at the, But then if you trust the person get, you gave the envelope to. I know people are going to get so curious. I mean, we can't even go without the Spider-Man trailer leaking. So it's so true. And then, of course, people are trying to figure out who's next so they can cozy up to whoever's next yeah. and, you know, make their career happen. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just very specific timing about this. Yeah, yeah. And that's not to say that they don't give hints because they would often make it real kind of obvious in ways. They just wouldn't say it specifically. Okay. So they would like officially adopt their heir presumptive, for example, or they'd give him like a high level consulship or something gotcha. like that. So it'd be like, oh, okay, this guy's being groomed to take over. Gotcha. Or he'd be like, I haven't picked an emperor yet, but I'll probably go with a redhead <laughs> with glasses <laughs> and a mustache. Guess who? Okay. You know, oh. does your does does your successor have a beard? No. No. One of my favorite memes is of someone playing Guess Who with Samuel L. Jackson, and he's saying, "Does he look like a bitch?" <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so in Nerva's case, he selected Trajan um, because the army did not like Nerva. The army was not into Nerva. He was only in charge for like a year or so before there was a big revolt from the Praetorian Guard. What we've seen in our Roman history research is that the army really dislikes peaceful emperors. Oh, they do? <laughs> yeah, because they're not getting their money. So Nerva, not popular with the army. He had dealt with this big revolt. Um, but Trajan was very popular with the army. So Nerva's like, how about I name Trajan officially as my heir in the year 97? And maybe that'll chill y'all out. And it did. <laughs> it worked perfectly. They were like, oh, great. Cool, cool, cool. So we get our guy next. Fine. Yeah. And when Nerva died in 98, just a year later, Hadrian was the one to inform Trajan about it. So he was kind of like, had his ear to the wall. Oh, uh -huh. he's dead. Let me go run over. <laughs> <laughs> and let Trajan know that, ooh, by the way. Literally ear to the wall. Like, <laughs> and. Okay, he's dead. I'm going. Trajan. Trajan, wake up. It happened. What? So kind of because he was there, Hadrian was named military tribune. He was part of the inner circle. So he's got some political savvy, Hadrian. He knows okay. what, what to do. And Trajan became the emperor. Nobody had a problem with it. So it was a very easy, smooth transition. And Trajan starts working on his main goal, which was expansion. He wanted to expand the Roman Empire to Mesopotamia, Dacia, and Assyria. So he started a lot of campaigns to, you know, conquer these lands. But before we get into all that, let's take a quick break. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it on. 
Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Welcome back, everyone. So Trajan was basically setting Hadrian up to be his heir. But he did it super cautiously. He didn't say it outright, didn't write it down, seal it up in an envelope anywhere. He didn't even tell Hadrian if that was the plan. So, you know, right? big Disney-level secret here. Yeah, He's giving him some jobs, there's some indications, but he's just, like, not committing. Yeah, which has got to be frustrating for Hadrian. Like, oh, yeah. Do I know if I have this job next year or not? That's my question. Right. I'm trying to do my five-year plan. i got to know if it includes being emperor of Rome. You know, He's probably that's... looking around at everyone else like, what, are you going to pick John? He's an idiot. Right. right. <laughs> what, Gaius? He has his thumb up his butt. <laughs> Gaius, always walking around with his thumb up his butt. <laughs> but Trajan's wife and the empress, Plotina, she really liked Hadrian. And they both shared this idea that Rome should be a commonwealth with an underlying Hellenic culture. That's a Greek culture. Plus, if Hadrian were to become emperor after Trajan... Plotina's family would retain all the benefits of being royally connected, right? Mm -hmm. She's so, thinking ahead. Yeah, she's like, you know, she yeah. she knows how to lay the groundwork she's here. Like, I don't know, Gaius. If he picks uh -huh. Gaius, what the fuck happens to me? Yeah, that ain't my that ain't my husband's cousin. Right. I got no relation to him. Mm -hmm. Gaius don't care about me. Also, he's a bitch. <laughs> he's always got his thumb in his butt. <laughs> Poor Gaius. <laughs> <laughs> so. She encouraged Hadrian to marry Trajan's grandniece, Vibia Sabina, in the year 100. 
So just imagining Vibia Sabina being told, hey, you know your great uncle's fuck buddy? Why don't you marry him? (laughs) 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 Like... I don't know. I, I feel like it'd be odd, but I guess it was totally chill at the time. I think that's it. I think you just had to, you, you didn't really look into people's sexual history like that in ancient right. Rome because you were well, going to get some weird. None of your business. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd rather not know right. which you don't of ask my questions. family members. Yeah, you don't want the answers to. <laughs> weird. Now, Trajan himself was not enthusiastic about their marriage, actually. And so he still wouldn't commit to making Hadrian his heir. We, we're not really sure if his lack of enthusiasm was because. Vibia was only 12 and Hadrian was 24. He's like twice her age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that might have been why he wasn't cool with it. That's why I'm not cool with it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but back then, I mean, you know, they they had different ideas. But it might have been because Trajan knew that it would be an unhappy marriage because Hadrian was a homosexual, right? Like that right. might have been his belief. Like you shouldn't marry her because you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like you should marry him because he's, Right. Not right. going to make you happy. I yeah. mean, and, and if he was primarily homosexual, I wonder if he was like, I see that Pompeia is lonely and wishes she has children and yeah. I can't give them to her. Yeah. I don't want that to happen to my grandniece. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. no offense. No, nothing against Hadrian. Just I care about this girl. Right. <laughs> and right. her like feelings. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Anyway, but. Regardless, they did. They did get married in the year 100. Yeah. What a great. Round number. For yeah, nice even marriage. You know, you only get you only get that chance once <laughs> to marry in the year one hundred. One hundred. Yeah. Also it makes anniversaries so easy. Oh my god. It's what which anniversary is it? It's the year one hundred thirteen. Thirteen. Easy years. peasy. We've been married for thirteen years. God, so simple. Oh man, we had to be dumb and get married in twenty sixteen. Right. Yeah. I we could have waited till twenty twenty. Lost a bunch of deposits. <laughs> oh. Our sympathies to all those who were planning to get married. I hope you did actually get your deposits back. Well, anyway. Well, during Trajan's rule, Hadrian followed a political and military career. He became an imperial ghostwriter and senate record keeper, which imperial ghostwriter is freaking me out. Hi, we're imperial ghostwriter and we're from Athens. (laughs) This is our first album, Hadrian's Wall. So uh, Hadrian went on to command a legion during the Dacian Wars, and he acted as a magistrate in Athens, Greece, which is cool. He loved Greek culture, loved so he it. probably loved that part of his gig. Meanwhile, Trajan is out here solidifying his legacy as the greatest emperor in Roman history, basically. Mm-hmm. His conquest of Dacia super enriched the empire because uh, they had a shit ton of gold mines in that area. Wonder if that had anything to do with his decision to conquer it. <laughs> I know. For some reason, I'm really interested in Dacia. Yeah. Why. Just, uh, we're trying to spread Roman democracy. It's got nothing to do. The gold mines are incidental. They just happen to have gold mines. That's not. It's just a perk. Yeah. Totally selfless. <laughs> but anyway. Trajan was also big into social welfare policies, and he was really big into public buildings projects, too. There's all these enduring landmarks of his still standing. Trajan's Market is still there. I mean, the ruins are still there, right. but but it's super cool to go see the Roman Forum uh, where Trajan's Column is as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, when we were in Rome, we had a delicious dinner 
at this tiny little family Italian restaurant and you walk outside and boom, like Trajan's Colin is right in front of you. It's true. It's super cool. And it's very cool. Yeah. And the food was good. Oh my God. And it was a classic little like, yeah, like red and white checkered tablecloths. Like it was so Italian. Oh my God. It was great. Pictures on the wall of their family members and stuff. And had like the accordion music. Oh my God. Yes. Iconic. I remember being like our table being right in front of like a family. Yeah. Eating like it was like eight of them with a little baby. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, they were there for the night. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like we were like trying to get done so we could go see Trajan's column and like check out Rome and everything. And of course, they live there. So they've seen all that shit. And Uh they're just like, yeah, we're going to spend six hours having dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And they were so Italian, too. I mean, these guys looked like extras from the godfather except they were actually speaking italian right uh it was amazing they look like a lot of fun that was amazing so anyway trajan's market trajan's column still standing Mm -hmm. his empress pompeia platina is apparently well known for providing romans with fairer taxation and better education and fostering more tolerance in roman society Mm -hmm. not bad pompeia trajan was so popular that he was officially named Optimus Princeps, which means best ruler. And many later emperors were sworn in with this blessing. May you rule fortunate like Augustus and better than Trajan, which is a high bar. Mm -hmm. So do you hear that, leaders of the world? All you have to do is invest in social welfare programs and public buildings projects and tolerance and education and fair taxation, and you'll be the best ruler. Mm -hmm. That's it. That makes yeah. you the best. Maybe and leave the expansion part out of it. Yeah, you don't have to go steal gold mines. We've got enough money. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> you too could be Optimus Princeps. Seriously. Learn a little from history, why don't you? Hey, we're Optimus Princeps, and what happens? <laughs> <laughs> this is our first album, May You Rule Fortunate Like Augustus and Better Than Trajan. It's just like a noise rock album. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But in the fullness of time, <laughs> in 117, Trajan had a stroke Ouch. while sailing back to Rome from Mesopotamia. And Pompeia, as well as Trajan's faithful manservant, attended him as he lay dying. And so it's time to finally name an heir. That's so rough. And they're like, hey, you're almost dead. Quick. All right. <laughs> Say a name, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the envelope. <laughs> but a little bit of shady shit here. When the adoption certificate for Hadrian came out, Pompeia Platina was the one who had signed it, Uh-oh. not Trajan. And she said that he, that Trajan had named Hadrian with his dying breath. <sighs> but people were definitely like, mm, this is sketchy. Because first of all, it was her signature, not right, Trajan's. Right. So that was all awkward. Secondly, the faithful manservant who had been present at Trajan's deathbed died mysteriously a few days after Trajan did, Uh-oh. possibly to avoid some awkward questions. Platina. What are you plotting, Platina? I know, right? It's right in the name. And finally, Hadrian himself was still in Syria when Trajan died. And according to Roman law, both parties had to be present for an adoption to be official. So people were like, Hadrian stole the throne. Right. And some people were like, no, you know, Trajan's been giving him these jobs. And it's clear that that was the plan, even if he didn't make it clear. Apparently, the two big histories of the day, which is Cassius Dio's history. Cassius Dio, he's our old friend from the Elagabalus episode. That's right. And the Historia Augusta. Also, also. another document. 
Cassius Dio thought it was a bogus. He thought they stole it. Yeah. But Historia Augusta thought it was legit. Oh. And there were rumors at the time that poison was involved in hurrying along Trajan's death. Oh, my goodness. And that Platina had gotten a man to hide behind a screen and pretend to be Trajan <laughs> and name Hadrian in a tired, failing voice. Hadrian. <laughs> that's amazing. I when, hope that's true. I know, right? When actually Trajan had already died. So oh, they're like, man. She, she, the idea, I guess, is that she's sitting behind a screen. Like I'm seeing silhouettes, like a shadow puppet uh-huh. thing. She's sitting behind the screen with him stretched out, dead. Uh-huh. And she's like, come back here. I'm like, hang out behind the bed. <laughs> and just like. <clears throat> Did you hear him? I heard him say it. Oh, heard you heard him say, him say Hadrian, 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 right? Hadrian? I heard it. Anyway, we all heard I'm it here, sign right? This paper. Say you heard it, or you're you might get a visit in a few days. <laughs> this poison I have could be used again. Uh huh. I just think of uh, of Trajan dying, and she's like, he clearly said to blave, oh, which God. as we all know means <laughs> to, <blave>. to bluff. <laughs> so he's probably cheating at poker, and he named Hadrian his heir. So the Roman Senate and the army totally accepted Hadrian's claims, except for four senators who were a little suspicious about the goings-on because the goings-on were highly suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> now, either they themselves wanted the job and they felt like they had a claim because they were close to Trajan, or they had interests in Trajan's kind of expansionist policies, which Hadrian wanted to change. Mm-hmm. Hadrian wasn't in Rome at the time. He was still in the East, suppressing a Jewish revolt and handling other disturbances, but his Praetorian prefect... Atianus claimed to have uncovered a treasonous plot between these four senators, and he tried them in absentia and found them guilty, hunted them down, and killed them, thereby securing Hadrian's claims to the throne. And the Senate did not like that for some reason. No, they did not like it because it was usually their job to handle trial and punishment for other senators. Yeah, we handled that in-house. Right. This ain't your job. Right. You let us deal with our guys. You (laughs) deal deal with with yours. We deal with our own. Yeah, which is, you know, again, a little not the best way to do it. Yeah, so we can be a little bit nicer to them than you would. Uh And Hadrian assured them that Atianus had acted on his own accord and not had anything to do, Hadrian didn't have anything to do with that whole thing. Yeah. He said, it won't happen again. You will have your traditional rights back. Don't worry. And he, I guess, to show Atianus not to do that, he gave him senatorial rank and then <laughs> pensioned him off in 120. So he, <laughs> he was like, here's a better job. And also you're retired, but don't do that again. <laughs> That'll show you. But from the very beginning, Hadrian's relationship with the Senate was a little rough because of this incident. Yeah. And it would stay sour through his entire reign. The Roman Senate is a grudgy bunch. Yeah. Yeah. They are a grudgy bunch. But again, most of them were like, we're fine with Hadrian. So, you know, what's the big deal? But apparently the big deal (laughs) was that it wasn't the only time you would fuck with the Senate. Uh, He started to codify things that had basically already been happening, but they were not formally law. Like they weren't written down. For example... Tell me if you heard this one before. If you're wealthy and high class, you could basically pay a fine to get out of any crime you committed short of treason. Oh. 
But if you were poor, you could be punished to the extreme for any crime. Doesn't sound familiar to me. I'm not sure what you're Not in our just society. No, never heard of it. Um, and if you were found guilty of treason, wealthy citizens could only be beheaded. That's the worst thing that could happen to you, <laughs> well, which is pretty bad, Yeah. to be fair. But poor citizens could be burned. What? Crucified. Excuse me? Or torn apart by lions. What the hell? Listen, you better have money or else. You right. better be born into a wealthy family mm-hmm. or we'll we'll teach you something good. Right, which apparently he did believe that thing where it was like God ordains, yeah. you know, who's wealthy and who's poor. And if you're wealthy, it means you're a good person. And if you're poor, it means you're a bad person. <laughs> or else God would have arranged it differently for you. Oh, boy. Essentially, though, Hadrian created an open autocracy where there had been before something of a sham republic. So they were like, we like the lie that we've been telling everyone about how they're all the equal or whatever. Yeah. Because we're a democratic society when, in fact, they were not very democratic. But they didn't like that he was taking the sheen off of it. Right. He was like, let's just say what we're doing. And they were like, no, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, saying what we're doing is bad. <laughs> if we say what we're doing, then everybody knows what we're doing. And right. that's what we're exactly what we're trying to avoid here, buddy. It's not great. Now, there had always been a legal advisory board that helped the emperor with law and order and all that stuff. But Hadrian formalized it. He made them permanent salaried positions. Mostly they were staffed by men of the equestrian class, which is like, I believe, right under senatorial, but still high ranking. Mm-hmm. And though it didn't technically take any power away from senators, the Senate still didn't like it because it sort of robbed them of the prestige by creating a new aristocratic class. Hadrian, though, was not interested in expanding the empire. Instead, he wanted, like, clear, defensible borders. For example, he built the famed Hadrian's Wall. And that delineated where the Roman Empire ended and where the Empire of Britannia began. And that's actually in the northern uh, United Kingdom, somewhere up almost to Scotland. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's where he drew the line. He said he wanted to, quote, separate Rome from the barbarians. (laughs) He also thought it would save the empire money since a wall was a lot cheaper than having a full-time army hanging out, waiting for someone to try and cross their borders. Right. He basically, like, automated that job. (laughs) He's like, put some rocks and stones up. They can do just as good a job as 500 guys standing around with their thumbs in their butts. <laughs> a lot of thumbs and butts in ancient Rome <laughs> we're finding. Gaius is like, hey. That's my job. <laughs> Who's got one thumb up his butt and is the man for this job? <laughs> this guy. Hadrian supported the idea of the municipia, which were provincial towns with their own customs and laws, rather than forcing them to become Roman colonies with Roman constitutions and act like Romans and just like, you know, homogenize everything. This is like the British protectorates where they were right. like, you got your king or whatever you got going on. But anyway, I'm still in charge over here. Yeah. But you do what you do. You just probably pay taxes to me or something. You, you know, it's a little tribute, but there's nothing else we're going to change. If you want a little extra info about uh, British protectorates, you can listen to our episode about Ruth Williams and Sir Kama and the founding of Botswana. We talk mm-hmm. a lot about that there. And of course, Roman traditionalists didn't like this. The Historia Augusta says that Hadrian was a little too much Greek. Okay. Uh, which is to say a little too cosmopolitan uh, to be a Roman emperor. So yeah, overall, the Senate is kind of like, what is this guy up to? Unlike many of the emperors before him, Hadrian spent most of his time outside of Rome. 
Mm-hmm. Um, usually emperors left just to fight wars, you know, or like lead a campaign or something. Right. And they relied on messengers to kind of tell him what else, what was going on in the far reaches of the empire. But Hadrian liked to see things for himself. So he traveled basically everywhere. He went on several full tours of the entire empire. Um, he went from Gaul to Egypt to Asia Minor and Greece. And the whole time he's restoring temples and buildings and he's negotiating settlements and treaties and stuff like that. Uh, he fought a boar and had a whole city created where he killed it. He fought a boar. He fought B-O-A-R. a boar. And then where he fought the boar, he said. Well, where he killed the boar. Where I assume he fought and killed it in roughly hey, the same spot. Run. They might have run far. You don't know. <laughs> Regardless, where the boar died, he was like, plant a city right here. A city in my honor of killing this boar. It's quite a, that's quite a, it's more than a plaque. It's classic emperor stuff is yeah. what it is. He's like, you know what? <laughs> At least he didn't add an extra two months. <laughs> this will be. <laughs> that's true. Boris, the month of Boris. The month of Boris. I was born on Bortember 5th. Mm, sorry. <laughs> Hadrian also set a bit of a trend. He's kind of a hipster of his time. Oh, um, ever since he, Nero, who everyone hated, of course, right? all emperors had been clean-shaven because Nero had a beard, so you wanted to be like, I'm nothing <laughs> like him, <Wow. laughs> I guess. <laughs> They're like, you know, beards speak louder than actions. <laughs> <laughs> but Hadrian wore a full beard, and he made it so popular that every emperor after him also wore a beard. Wow. Including Elagabalus, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, even though she was very much like, I'm a woman, she still had facial hair. Yeah. Hadrian brought it back. He brought it back, all the way back. Now, Hadrian's empress, his wife, Vibia Sabina, she was with him throughout all of his travels, but they didn't really get along. Nope. Hadrian was super cold to her, and she had a real sharp temper with him. She would throw tantrums in his presence. She wanted people to know that he was childless because she refused to have sex with him. But it's not really clear he wanted to have sex with her. Um, so again, that's kind of called into question, but I guess she was walking around like, uh, you know, I don't have any children with my husband because, uh, he ain't getting none of this. Mm-hmm. Nope. I'm not even letting him. And people are like, wow, damn. She's, whoosh, you right? know, really, she's got you whipped, Adrian. He's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's fine. She can't whip me with something I don't fucking want. <laughs> but I also would say at the time, if you didn't have children, it was considered a failing on the woman's part, mm. especially if you did not have a boy, gotcha. as if that was something you could control. Right. And um, so it might be that, you know, she was trying to kind of be like, it's not that there's a failing in my body or right. that I'm broken or sick or anything like that. I'm yeah. a perfectly healthy, normally functioning woman, and he's the problem. I won't have sex with him because yeah. he's a big piece of shit. Maybe she even said because he's... He's with these boys, and I think that's gross, or yeah, what, I mean, whatever. You know, like she might really be doing damage control about her own reputation. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Because you know that's not really a fair position to be right. in either. Right. Um, but she certainly was apparently, yeah, very. Uh, she just had a good temper on her. Yeah, <laughs> she had a good temper on her. <laughs> but still, uh, Hadrian did show her some respect. He had her likeness minted on coins. Mm-hmm. In fact, she was the most visible and well-traveled of all the empresses. And she accumulated more public honors than any empress before her, except for the first. Any show of, at least outwardly, of like 
strife within your marriage or right. within your senate or an- anything could be a something someone could exploit yeah. against you. So yeah. maybe within the palace, everybody knew Vibia was like, she ain't fucking him. She don't like him. Mm-hmm. He don't like her. But outwardly, he's like, to the empire, he's like, everything is dope over here. We're doing great. Yeah. Uh, everything's working out fine. Yep. Better than Trajan. I think, right. Better, better than, than Trajan. Trajan in here. More fortunate here. than Augustus. Yeah. Doing great. It is possible that Vibia had an affair. Oh. Maybe. Um, because Hadrian dismissed his secretary Suetonius around the year 122 for, quote, excessive familiarity with the empress. Oh, geez. What's excessive familiarity in ancient Rome? <laughs> I mean, right? I did see one place that was like, basically, they were just friends. And like, yeah. he was like, you can't have friends. Oh, no. He was pulling a Bert Pugash. Yes. Maybe so. <laughs> um, but may- maybe she really was just like, I'm I'm ready to have sex with somebody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> He don't want to do it. Uh, Suetonius was a biographer who was working on 12 biographies of successful Roman emperors, including Julius Caesar. Um, and maybe Vibia liked a nerdy boy. Oh, sure. I don't know. When I read that, I kind of pictured him all like in the library stacks and like dusty hair. And she comes in and she's like, <laughs> look at how cute he is. <laughs> he's, in a, he's in a tweed toga. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and they like, he's like, well, you might find this interesting. And they like bend over a book together. A scroll. Or, a scroll. Of course. You're right. And like, like he brushes her hand and she looks at him. He looks at her and it's all cute. She the comes, music swells. When she comes in, he's got like a huge stack of scrolls in his arms. <laughs> And he kind of stumbles and drops them all. And she helps I'll pick help them up. You. you know, yeah. Rolling. He's like, what a down-to-earth empress. They're ro- she's rolling up a scroll, and he's rolling up a scroll, and then it meets in the middle because <laughs> it was the same scroll, and they're real close face-to-face. Oh, like, oh, oh. oh. Well, I, I, I should get back to I, my I studies. Need, me too. I should, I should go. <laughs> Although I did see in one paper that his writing was called tabloid style oh <laughs> so maybe he was more of a tmz biographer than like an eric larson type <laughs> he's, he's like, like a real nerdy type but she reads his writings and it's like gaius caught with his thumb up his butt again i know right <laughs> outside the supermarket this was like was he rick moranis or was he perez hilton like which <laughs> what kind of guy Boy, that was is that is a that is a spectrum well at any rate around the year 123 one two three Hadrian met his true love, Antonus. Mm. I can't wait to hear more about Antonus. And uh, I bet you can't either, but we're just going to take a quick break and come back with their story next. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. 
At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Now, welcome back to the show. So, yeah, Hadrian did meet Antonus around the year 123, but his head was not turned by the then 13 or 14-year-old boy that Antonus was. Um, Good. Right? (laughs) I mean, apparently he was a very beautiful young boy. Sure. But Hadrian's like, I'm on this trip or whatever anyway. Yeah, I'm busy. Um, But Antonus was selected to be educated as a page in Rome. Okay. Probably because he was good looking. Wow. Beauty Is gets you took? pretty far sometimes. Yeah. But he was also very smart and wise. Okay. And that may have been the real reason that Hadrian was attracted to him. Oh, I thought maybe that was the real reason he was selected to be a page. Oh, it's possible. But uh, no, I guess it's because he was pretty. <laughs> I'm sure it matters. I think that's uh, that's that actually how. Education. That's actually also how NBC picks their pages. Well, from that's what, what made me think <laughs> <laughs> of it. Um, but yeah, Hadrian liked a nerdy boy too. Well, he and Vibia had more in common than they knew. <laughs> got if the same taste in men. <laughs> if they just sat down and talked it out. Oh, we finally got something in common. I guess it's a good thing that they didn't actually like the same boy. That would be a real source of strife. Oh in yeah, a marriage. yeah. Oh, or maybe it would work out great. Maybe they'd form a little triad and mm-hmm. go on happily. Anyway, that that's didn't not happen. what happened. <laughs> This is this is the first time that Hadrian and Antonus's paths would cross, but Antonus went on to Rome and Hadrian traveled on to Greece at this point. Hadrian, like we said, big nerd for Greece. He loved Greece, everything about it. He wanted all of Rome to be based on Greek culture. He thought that Athens should be the cultural capital of the world. He rebuilt the Pantheon in Rome and dreamed of uniting all of the Roman Empire 
under Pan-Hellenic culture. He'd even been granted citizenship in Athens a few years prior. He went to Greece in the year 125, and he helped out with political disputes. He set up foundations to pay for public games and festivals and competitions in case there was no citizen wealthy enough to sponsor them. So he comes rolling in with a big fat wallet like, you guys are cool. I'm going to pay for all this cool shit to be going on here. And also that festivals and games are like really important to yeah. the cultural fabric of a city and yeah. they deserve funding. Just talking to um, maybe the state of Georgia about your arts funding, but that's unrelated <laughs> to this. Podcast. Don't you want to be the best ruler? God damn it, Georgia. <laughs> Look, Georgia has made it very clear that they do not wish to be the best ruler. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> very true. So Hadrian gave extra care to a city called Manitinia. This had ties to Antonus's home, which makes scholars think that they were already maybe lovers by this time. They definitely were by the year 128, when Hadrian took him on a tour of the Roman Empire. And Antonus was really, really, really ridiculously good looking. Oh, wow. Statues of him are all very recognizable because of his swollen chest and curly tussled hair and jawline for days. He's, he's like a buff Timothy Chalamet <laughs> in my head. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Right? He's like very handsome, mm -hmm. young, younger guy. Yeah. I mean, at I least he's, he's pretty... at least at this point in the year 128, he's right. going to be, you know, 19 or so. Yeah. He and Hadrian both loved hunting. They're both pretty athletic guys. Hadrian considered Antonus to be very intelligent and wise. But there's no evidence that Antonus tried to have any political influence over Hadrian at all. Uh, their relationship was fully acceptable to everyone for this reason, okay. basically. Because they were like, I'm not seeing him try to meddle in our affairs or anything like that. Right. Uh, so fine, whatever you want to do, yeah. I don't care. Um, and they did not hide their relationship. Everyone, even at the time, is explicit about about their sexual relationship, that they sure. are doing it. Okay. Um, which is unusual, because as yeah. we know, a lot of times in history, they tried to be like, they were really good friends, or uh -huh. they were roommates, or <laughs> they were spiritual companions, or whatever. But they, yep. it, at least at the time, they were like, no, they are definitely doing it. Yep. Um, maybe because Hadrian wrote erotic poetry about <laughs> Antonis. Um <laughs> Although, unfortunately, none of it survives. Oh, I, I was know. hoping we'd go to Poetry Corner. With we some... will. I have a little one that okay. he wrote about his death, but I couldn't find any of his erotic poetry about Antonis, which would be better. Oh, it's too bad. Unfortunately, yes. No erotic poetry. So Hadrian fell ill in the year 128 with this unexplained chronic sickness. Oh. I hear you, man. I know, right? Uh, but it didn't stop him from traveling again, and he went to Greece, where he and Antonus both participated in the Eleusinian, 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 Eleusinian mysteries. That's it where he and Antonus both participated in the Eleusinian Mysteries. It wasn't Hadrian's first time. He had been initiated a few years earlier. He's like, oh, man, oh, you haven't done the Eleusinian Mysteries? You got to do it, man. It's so cool. Come on, we're, I'm taking you. We're going. They are very cool. I, I, it sounds like they're super cool. I mean, you call anything, uh, anything mystery, and I'm already 
sucked in. Seriously. <laughs> I would like to go to Joshua Tree and participate in the mysteries. Yes. <laughs> Please and thank you. Yes. Oh, um, Eusinian also has like a, a vibe. I don't know. Does, into does it. Have a vibe. There's yeah. something about Greek mythology that gives you such a vibe. Oh, yeah, I know, right? It's just a vibe. Yeah. It's mood. It's a whole mood. <laughs> Greek mythology is such a mood. <laughs> what about mood? Like, it's weird to me that mood means, like, I agree with this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I also started seeing people being like, it's giving performative. What? Like, it's giving perform. Like, they don't even say the vibe anymore. They're just like, it's giving... It's giving something. And then they don't even say vibes. It's just, it's, it's giving, giving this. I think that's interesting. That is giving me. That is giving, not me. No, just giving. Just giving. Well, that's very gracious mm-hmm. of it. I guess. To give. <laughs> Depending on if you like what it's giving you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's giving Ugh. me herpes. This is giving really performative. That's it. Exploitative energy. <laughs> I don't wow. know. They didn't even say energy. This is what I'm yeah. like. Internet talk is so funny. They just drop. They're just like, you get it. I don't need to finish anyway, this sentence. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Which is true. It's true. I mean, linguistically, it did the job. Yeah. I hate linguistics. I grammatically, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> but linguistically, it did. I didn't hate linguistics until I took a linguistics class. Oh. And then I was like, what do you mean? I remember day one, my professor was like, I don't have to say I have three cats. I can just say, I have three cat. Right. And you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the point has been accomplished. Why use lot word when few word do trick? (laughs) That is the core of linguistics (laughs) from what I was taught. (laughs) Basically. True. Kevin was a master of linguistics. He was a linguist. Wow. Well, anyway, that's not what this is about. Oh, man. Yeah, (laughs) we we really got sidetracked. The whole thing about linguistics. (laughs) But anyway... Yes, the Eleusinian mysteries are worth a, worth checking out. They're both worth in, checking. in person and also <laughs> <laughs> in an audio podcast. Look, if there's one thing mysteries do is they leave you hanging. Oh, very true. Yeah. So and you got you you just thirsty mm-hmm. for the for the answers to that mm. mystery. You want to uncover, you want to solve it. That's right. That's why unsolved mysteries is so hot. <laughs> so we, we love those cliffhangers. Hope you love a cliffhanger. I know, right? Because we are leaving you dangling. dangling. (laughs) Hang in there, baby. Oh, true. (laughs) Hanging off of. But only till Friday. Right. Right. Two days from from right now, you're going to be into part two (laughs) of Hadrian and Antonus. And you're going to hear all about the Eleusinian mysteries. It does get so weird. And we really get to. I know this is like. It's the thing with these Roman stories. They, they're like we said at the beginning. They're so rich. There's so many characters. Such the historical context is so important to these relationships because they're such big relationships. I mean, if this was, you know, Joe the Plumbus, and <laughs> there he is, <laughs> and uh, and Elsa Minor, Minor, Elsa Minor, then uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Sure, then uh, you know. It'd be a, probably a quicker story to tell. We could just like, here's the market where they worked, and right. now we'll talk about that. But come on, this is an emperor. You got to know what's going on. Anyway. Well, and because 
you know, we're we're so we know so much now about how Romans were just straight lying yeah. <laughs> in their <laughs> records, and they were just <laughs> rumors floating around. They'd be like, "How about I write that down as if it's a fact?" Yeah. <laughs> like, so you have to like throw in a lot of stuff that turns out to be not necessarily true, right? But it makes it more interesting because yeah. you're like, "Listen, look at these bitches like gossiping <laughs> all over the Roman Empire." <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it leads to another two-parter for us. It's true. Like, uh, Didn't like, expect it, but that's yeah. how it turned out. I know we didn't know. Yeah. Like Marguerite Steinheil, we knew, oh, this is two stories. Right. We're going to tell it in two parts. Mm-hmm. This one we was is one story, but it's just so long. Yeah. I didn't want to give you all a three-hour <laughs> podcast about Adrian <laughs> and answer this. So just two hour and a half. How about that? Yeah. Two two. I'm going to guess long. two one hours. Two one hours. Yeah. That's, we'll see how it comes out. But anyway, uh, thank you for tuning in for this part. And, yes. uh, and I hope you're excited for part two, which is coming at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, please reach out to us. Yeah. You know the drill. We yeah. want to hear from you. We, of course we do. We feed off of it. <laughs> it nourishes us. <laughs> so yeah, hit us up. You can email us at romance at iheartmedia.com. Uh, find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dynamite Boom. And I'm at Oh Great, It's Eli. And the show is at Ridic Romance. If you just want to follow the show itself and you don't want to hear about our everyday crap, that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so please uh, keep reaching out, uh, keep listening, yeah. and we are excited to bring you part two coming up on Friday. Can't wait. So long, friends, it's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rival. Every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 